0: أحببنا حقك <laughs> 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 We are honored tonight to have with us Rabbi Smith, who dedicates himself tirelessly to spreading awareness of Hashem among people of all walks of life. His impossible websites and videos reach countless others, making a profound impact on many. Rabbi Smith will impart to us the power of living in Please welcome, Rabbi. I was warned that the ceiling was very low here. Um, it's actually very difficult to uh, say anything, because the Rebbe was just speaking about what I wanted to address tonight. And if you follow the last words, the Rebbe is really in the middle of the sentence, but he's saying that we don't have to look in the darkness for the answers. We don't have to... the light is above our head. The light is already given to us. The light of the Gaula, the light of who we really are. I'd like to start by... First saying that when we come here together for a for bringing the potential of the representative for, for the potential of the bringing, is that we should all come out as different people. We're not meant to come out the same or with a new story or an inspiring port. Unless uh, also a good thing, but really it's meant to be that we're going to be completely changed and come out as completely different people. I wanted to start, besides saying good yomtev, a preis of the brocha, that everyone should be convinced with a good year. And she convinced the president Zuma, and she convinced with being able to fulfill the Rebbe's instructions for us in our generation, but also to mention, as was probably mentioned earlier, that this building nishmas Nachman Mendel Avner Kehin, a to David Menchel was his father just a few minutes ago in Selemheim, building nishmasay, and um, we have to understand that every person it says that when a person says kabbush, explains in the svar of the halakasvar that. Prison says Tavish to somebody that's passed on. We're really saying that we're prepared to step into their place and fulfill their mission, that they fulfill their time and their point that they were sent into this world to do, and we have to bring it to completion. So he should have the lives of the Shammah, and we should be able to bring to completion what the the, the and prophesized, or what everyone since Adam and Rishon was looking forward to, which is the Gula Mitzvah and and so, in regards to what the Rebbe is just saying now, the Rebbe emphasizes time and time again that when we hear stories of our Rebbeim, Siddiqui and Rebbeim, our Rebbeim, these are not stories for us to put the Rebbeim on a pedestal and to feel that they're somehow very high, unachievable, they have these special milas, they're, they're so unique, although we see from the stories the special qualities that they have. But the Rebbe says that really the stories of the Rebbeim are stories about us. The Rebbe, every story says it's in the sinas It's a giving of strength for us to actually live on that level. Now, some of you are going to say, because maybe you heard in a forbringan one time, who are we and "Who what, all these kind of things. But the fact of the matter is, the Rebbe does not teach us that way. The Rebbe says in the first minor, when will my actions reach the actions of Aviv Yitzhak and Yaakov? It's an expectation that I can conduct myself myself accordingly. So everything that we hear tonight about the Fridic is really a lesson for ourselves and actually an insight for ourselves for the Gula and for what we're supposed to be doing right now. So what is is really teaching us? We hear so many different stories of the, the Fridic incredible Messias Nefesh and I want to suggest that the story is really a story behind the story. We have the the external actions of the Friedrich Rebbe, his insistence on continuing to spread Yiddishkeit, but what was really going on inside of him? That's what we have to know. That's what we have to look for in order for us to be able to accomplish the same things that the Friedrich Rebbe set as an example for us. So one of the swarm that, that the Rebbe constantly emphasized, people should learn is a sacred called the duties of the heart. And if you look at the duties of the heart in which hopefully you'll learn more than just he says over there, the Bala HaTcheves says that the entire purpose of creation is that each one of us should reach a state and live in a state of Menuch HaSanefesh. That the tranquility of our souls is the real state that we're meant to be in at all times, in all places, in all circumstances. And that's actually what Mashiach, that's what the Gula looks like. The Gula is not an external process, that it's actually an internal process that when we are living in that level of Menuch HaSanefesh in total Tranquility, the world around us will reflect our tranquility. This is what we are all meaning to be coming to, coming home to who we really are, this internal tranquility that is not affected by anything, any of the obstacles in us or outside of us. Nothing can scare us, nothing can knock us off track. We say that Shabbos is Yom It's a day when we're not supposed to have any thoughts about the rest of the world. It says even when Shabbos comes, you're supposed to feel that all your Malach has done for you. Everything's done. There's nothing else that could be done. What is Yom Shukolei Shabbos? It's a time of complete manucha. But that manucha is in us already. The Rebbe was just saying that it's not you. Don't have to go looking in the darkness. The answer that from Mashiach has to be something that is absolutely Attainable by each one of us exactly the way we are. Meaning to say, it can't be a complicated mathematical formula or a complicated Sugi and the Gemara that only some of us, maybe a few people understand. It has to be something that every single human being can access and fall into just the way they are, that is accessible to us. So everything that the Chachomim explained that everything that we do, all the mitzvahs of the Torah are really in service of coming to this Menuch HaSenefesh. And this is really our home state. Now in everything in life is theory and there's practice. The theory of this concept of Menuch HaSenefesh is actually explained in Shara Yechud HaMunah from the Alta Rebbe. The goes, pours out his soul to write for a 16 or 17 year old It was written for a 16 or 17 year old. So we talk, We see how accessible what we're talking about is meant to be. You don't have to be a big, uh, old wise person. The wisdom can come to you at any moment. As a, as a nar, as a young person, you can grasp this. And if you've missed it until now, I want to suggest that tonight you can grasp onto what the alphabet is really saying in Tanya. In addition, there's practice. And the practice of shaykh is the experience, the mishima Samaisa, the, 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 the recounting that the pedigree gives us of his experience in prison. That is practical applied tanya of shaykh v'amunah. So what is shaykh Amuna? There's two words in the title, shaykh Amuna." Yichud means that there's nothing besides the ebishter. Ain the Rebbe says explains is even higher than ain al mulvadli. There's not even a milvadri, There's not even a. There's nothing else. There's nothing else even to talk about. There's no other existence. The second word is amuna, the hamuna. People think that hamuna means faith, and that you have to work to have faith. That's not what the Alta Rebbe is saying. The Alta Rebbe says faith. Is just something we have automatically. The Amuna part is the training, the training to block, deny, and refuse to take seriously anything that would come and interfere with our inner tranquility. That's what a parent is supposed to train his child to do, or her child. Supposed to, we're supposed to train our children how to deal with all the difficulties of life. So we have a baby crying over here. This is a major crisis for the baby. The mother's job is to come and reassure the baby that everything is going to be okay. This looks like a disaster, but it's really, Negevish is taking care of you. I'm just your representative, his representative. As you go through life and you scrape your knee, your parent comforts you and says, it's going to be okay. Nothing is under threat over here. There's never a threat to who you really are, because what you really are is your neshama. So muna is about being in a state of denial of anything that would come and take away from your inner tranquility. If someone comes and tells you anything that does not lead you to a state of tranquility, your automatic response is to reject it. I, I reject what you have to say. I deny what you have to say. I don't even know what you're talking about. I don't, it doesn't matter to me what you're talking about because I know that implanted in me is a divine sense of tranquility. So whatever it is, is irrelevant to me. What your explanation is, whether it's an explanation, some philosophical thing or something about the world or some scary story of what's going on, all those things are completely irrelevant by definition because you know that it's false because it contradicts your internal state of tranquility. So how do we live this? The Rebbe says in Shari that it says haqbaql, the creation of us, is in the word in the as Ezer HaVadol, is the Eberster's unlimited loving kindness for every single one of us. So lovingly and intentionally recreate each one of us at every single moment from nothing. We are going through a state of non-existence and coming back into existence at every single moment and the Eberster is choosing to create you and you and you and each one of us is being intentionally created. So there's no possibility that you could suffer any harm. There's no possibility that anything could be wrong with you or be done wrong to you. It's impossible because the Abishta is creating you at every single instant. And it's with complete love. He says it's the E-Bishter's absolute, unrestricted, it's the only unconditional love in existence, is the Abhishta's love for every single one of this. As you go home, learn Parak Dalad and the See what the altar is pouring a soul into letting us know that we have the ultimate validation for our existence. We do not need validation from any other human being to know that our existence is worthwhile. And we have the ultimate tranquility because the fact that I'm standing here means that the Elishter chose to lovingly recreate me at this very instant in time. And I do not have anything to worry about and nor do you. That's the ultimate tranquility So if we now read and learn the Shema Samaisa, this account of the Freedek Rebbe's imprisonment With Shaykh Ramunah, what the Alt Rebbe is telling us in mind, we see a completely different story It's a story of the ultimate tranquility The Frida Rebbe was in a state of completely seeing that everything that was created, including his captors, including the people rushing into his apartment, every single detail, the walls of the prison, the the rats and the worms on the walls, every single thing was created intentionally by the apister lovingly at that moment in time. When the Inquisitors came in, the interrogators came in, Nachmansen and the other people came in, they're screaming, Schneerson, Schneerson, where's Schneerson? The Friedrich Eber did not bat an eye, he just said, You know where you are, you know this is the house of Schneerson. Why are you making such a big tumult? Because he understood that the technique of a Moloch is to try to disturb our tranquility. Once we become disturbed, and into a heightened, elevate, an elevated emotional state of disturbance, and we feel we start taking seriously the insecure thoughts. Then we become prey to a mulek in coming to say, we'll "Worry about this, and what about this, and what about this doubt, and what's going to happen next?" And the Frieda Kever understood that in order to combat a Malik and set an example for all of us, he had to deny every single move they made. He wasn't defying them because he was upset at them and angry at them. He was defying them because he couldn't do anything other than stay calm. So he writes about how all the terrible, torturous things that they did and how they you know spoke so cruelly and a violent uh, speaking and violent actions against them. He said this is the techniques to try to scare the prisoners. And he said, I'm not gonna do that. Now in the midst of Vishima Samaiser, if you've read it, I encourage you everyone to look at it, the sequel is an English prince in prison. You're gonna see a shocking thing. Right in the middle of the Friedrich Eber's account of this prison and what's going on over there, all of a sudden he starts into a, launches into a whole discussion of the history of Chassidus from the times of the Baal Shem Tov. And then he launches into a whole history of his childhood you have to ask yourself, the, question. and then it stops suddenly. It says, this is all we have in the manuscript. One second, I want to read about the story of his imprisonment. I mean, I'm all into hearing the history of Chabad, and I want to hear what the Frida Geber's childhood, but what in the world does this have to do with hearing about the account of his imprisonment? So the Frida wrote everything with exact detail, and the answer is that he was explaining to us how he came to have this settled ability to stay connected to the Ebishter no matter what was happening around him. It was because he was connected to the Baal Shemtub and all the Rebbeim after him. That The Baal Shemtub set out to implant in us this knowledge that there's nothing besides the Ebishter. Therefore, he did not have any opportunity, he did not allow any opportunity. He had lots of opportunities, but he did not allow them to become disturbed. But what about his personal history? What does this personal history of his childhood have to do with us? So, you might say that for you, tranquility is very hard. Because, maybe for example, you're sitting in a prison. Well, he already addressed that. He said you can handle anything. A person can be in a prison and nothing can disturb them. Your family's in a state of chaos. He writes about the chaos that he left his family in. He stayed tranquil. What about your upbringing? What about your parents and the way they treated you and how you were as a child? Do you know that the Friedrich Eber writes in very, very pain language about his, how he felt for a number of years like he didn't have a father? It's absolutely painful to read what he says. He talks about how torturous it was. And that did not stop the Friedrich Eber. Unfortunately, his father reappeared in his life. Remember, a shadow reappeared in his life. He, he writes about that with great gratitude. But it's very clear that he was able to be tranquil no matter what his past held. What about your money situation? Let's say your money's not so you don't have as much money as you are hoping. The Rebbe addresses that also. He talks about the tremendous financial turbulence in his family, how they went from a state of wealth, the the, uh, Rebbe said Rivka, after the Rebbe Marash was in had tremendous wealth, she funded the entire, uh, the entire family of of Rebbeim, but that money ended. And the poverty got so bad that his father, the Rebbe Shah, could not even pay him the five kopek that he gave him from memorizing Mishnayas. And it got worse. Little Yosef Yitzhak, Rebbe, wanted to buy a watch so that he could tell the time and stick to strict Siddharim to serve the Abishter. And as he was going, wanted to buy this watch, a yid came in and said he wants to borrow, needs to borrow money. And the, the Rebbe was playing with this coin. And so his father Rebbe Shah said to him, it's more important to lend the yid money, it's even better than tzedakah, it's even more important than tzedakah. So over his, it was difficult for the Rebbe, and he lent the money. And guess what? There's no happy ending. The yid who borrowed the money did not pay it back, and when the Rebbe went to collect from him, he said, that's old news. There's no chance you're going to get it back. Okay, so the Rebbe, the, the Frida suffered from financial deprivation. But that didn't stop him from being tranquil. What about your husband and the father of your children? What happens if he's not exactly the way you think should, think should be? If you read carefully the Rishima Samaisa, the turning point in the Frida life was when his Uncertainty and doubts about his own father were resolved by his grandmother. And she said to him, your father is a tzaddik and a chassid. And he writes with great emotion how that completely grounded him and settled him for life. So you have to understand that the the father of your children is also a tzaddik and a chassid. No matter what ways, you have a list and a way of looking at him and, and uh, so on and so forth. The Rebbe teaches us, you have to look at every person like they're at tzaddik. That's the, that's the truth of the matter. It's not, the Yemishter already forgave the person for all his whatever it is. The Yemishter forgives him immediately, the Alta says in Tanya. We're learning now in Geras where there's a few things that take a little effort on Yom Kippur. But the reality is that the kids have to know that their father is at tzadik and a'chossed. Your reservations are not relevant. The kids need to know their father is a and a'chossed. You have to tell them. And we see that the, in the schools of Nashim Tithonius, with the golem and mitzvahim, we're going to be redeemed now if you think that your husband is not on the level that you want him to, I'd like you to think about what the husbands were like in Mitzrayim. They were not available, they were not interested, they thought it was a crazy idea to have kids, and they were stuck in the Nemtas Mashari Tumah. There wasn't even a 12-step program for them, and, or that could help them. And yet the women, the and Tidkaniyus, saw that they were worthy of being fathers, because they saw them like the Amish just sees them, that these men, despite all their faults, and the fact that they are the ones that invited the Shibut in the first place, and they're the ones that did, gave up on Gris Mila and Ha' uh, of the whole list of Tainas, but that didn't change the Nashem as the way they looked at them, and they saw that these were Tzaddikim and Hasidim, and they were worthy of being fathers. But now we have another obstacle to this tranquility, and that's you. Okay, so we, we took care of the, the general situation, we took care of the, your upbringing, your money, your are family. But what about you? So every person has to know that they're also a tzaddik and a Every person has to take the heart with what Rebbe is saying, that we're all being created intentionally by the Eberster at every moment. And every attempt is being made to disturb your tranquility and your sense of well-being. One of the things that the Frida Geber writes over there is that one of his cruel prisoner guards made reference to his weight. And he was a little bit stocky. How many people are walking around with the false impression that there's something wrong with them because they don't meet a scale of weight that they're somehow overweight? They're walking around all day feeling bad with every bite that they to take. This is a cruel imposition on ourselves. The Eibushter created us exactly the way we are for the, to be alive and to be a Menuchas and Nefesh have Simchas Achaim. How dare we? Throw that away and say, hey, I, can't, I, can't talk, I can't live in that moment of tranquility, I have to worry about this, I have to worry about all these different things. We are, are able to reject any suggestion that would take us out of our tranquility. That is the power of choice in our thinking that the Heb explains in Tanya. We do not have to tolerate any negative thought and we start by rejecting all negative thoughts about ourselves the shar, the beginning of the of the hashem to the sefer atanya is the end of perikkop chapter 26 which says it's forbidden to think any negative thought about yourself under any circumstances Maybe if you read a garis Tshuva and you set for yourself special times and you know how to do it correctly, you could do some thinking about how you could have done some things better, but you'll end up in a tremendous state of joy about yourself. But for the rest of us who haven't figured out how to do that yet, it is absolutely forbidden to tolerate any negative thought about yourself under any circumstances. No matter, the altar ever says, how serious you think the sin is. This is what Tanya is coming to tell us. This is the Gula, this is the redemption from the Mitzrayim, this is the redemption from all these constructs that we have about others and about ourselves that keep us in a state of darkness. But the Rebbe says, the answer is not in the darkness. You will never find the answer by going and discussing what happened in your childhood or what your husband said to you or what you wish was different about yourself. The answer is moving past all those things. The answer is saying, I refuse. I have the authority of the Altarevah to refuse any single negative thought over myself. So this, when we ignore, when we reject, when we deny any negativity coming towards us, we refuse to accept the possibility that we are going to tolerate an insecure thought. This is the tranquility that Altarevah is coming to teach us. And from that flows the Rebbe's clarity and our clarity. This, if you look in the letter Sikhos of the Rebbe, the Rebbe is saying one point. If you open every letter in Eberster Yiddish, it's all saying the same thing. It's saying, this is an opportunity for you to reconnect to who you really are, that you are completely one with the Eberster, and there's nothing that should possibly be disturbing you. It's all one letter, it's all saying the same thing. In fact, if you want to help somebody, help yourself, all you need to do is suggest to them that they become quiet and in the quiet they will find the answer because it's the tranquility itself that's the answer. There is no answer in the darkness like the Rebbe is saying. There's a light above your head, that's the light of the Abishter. And the Rebbe Maharaj takes it a step further, the Deventanya, and says, that the power of the light that's built into you is so great, it's actually impossible for you to ever do anything against what the Abhishthira intends for you to do for your well-being. It's only when you forget that, that it's possible to do something else. But if you just remember, the Abhishthira has put in me this part of himself. It is impossible, the Rebbe Marash says. And we know that the Rebbe, when they asked him, what is... What does he learn? He learns that Marash. it is impossible imper- for any of us to ever do anything. And that's, that's against what the Abish has told us is for our own best interest. And this is exactly what Mashiach looks like. When it becomes so clear to us who we really are, we will not even consider the possibility. Because we don't have a Melchama with our Nefesh Bahamas. There is no battle, the Rebbe Marash says, between our Nefesh Elohim and Nefesh Bahamas. When we know what the truth is, so this is the gula. The problem is, we think that the gula is outside of us, that someone's going to come and, and like lift us up. That's actually not. That's not a Jewish concept. The Torah concept is the Torah is teaching us that the gula is inside of each one of us. The redemption, the clarity, is already inside of us. What the neviim are talking about is inside of us. That the transformation of the world that the Rebbe is leading us inside to see that we have the ability right now to actually make choices that are exactly the same choices that you're going to make when, when the rule is revealed in a complete way that it's reached every human being so that leads us to the conclusion of understanding what's the call of the hour for us since we have this, this is a tremendous schools to be here with the central mitzvah that the Bepa, the emphasizes and that we see that all the chachomim from all generations emphasizes the mitzvah of bringing children into the world. You have to understand that all the thoughts that come to a person's mind the why to delay marriage are thoughts that are coming from Amalek. They're coming from Suffolk. They're not coming from Terah. The Rebbe spent so much time to shine a light of Torah and all the far, false ideologies that are surrounding us on every bus stop and on every uh, book and in everything that people are exposing themselves and God forbid a person goes to expose themselves to what they're saying in college. I'll just tell you, I have a, a dear friend of mine. He went to college and he started statistics. He's an accountant and the first class that the statistics professor taught was about how the world has too many people. God forbid. And this is something that has a tremendous negative effect on people. And the, the, the propaganda is being—we don't see ourselves as under the pressure so much of the Soviet Union as, as the the Priyekhava, but we are under that pressure. The answer of the Nushim Tzidkaniyos and Mitzvah was to ignore the fact, even though it was an established fact, that their baby might be murdered within hours of being given birth to the baby and to nevertheless go through all the trouble to persuade their husbands and to have, deliver that child and face the possibility of that tsar losing their child, and they went ahead and had those children anyways. That's what the Reb is talking with the and Tzataniyus of this generation is the mitzvah is to bring children into the world. Over all the internal opposition, all over all the opposition of, well, how are we going to afford this and we can't afford this, and over all the opposition of the school uh, that wants to charge you more money than most people in the world make in 10 years. And all the opposition from all the people that are looking at you funny like you're onto your whatever number of child it is. These are all the lies of the world. And the is showing is the example on Yubi's Thomas. Those things do not exist. I deny the reality of those things. They're not going to affect me. All of their numbers are lies. The world population right now is 8 billion. It should be 80 billion. 80 billion people would be alive right now if 500 million had not been killed in the Holocaust and World War I and World War II and the forced abortions in China and Cuba and all these places in the world. There's 70 million abortions every year in the world. And the are is calling on us urgently to bring as many children into the world as possible because the Shekhinah only dwells on a human being. There is no Shekhinah in the world without the human being. But Selah Melokim is on the human being. And if you are, for whatever reason, now older, now your job is to help the younger generation have children. Set up every possible way to encourage people so that every possible thing is done in this community It's very nice to give food and all kinds of things, but what about setting up systems to give mothers, newborn mothers, since there's no nuclear families, they're very hard to find. What about some sort of system where a mother could take a nap in the afternoon? A sleep, proper amount of sleep, would restore most of the sanity for the human population. And this is something that's really very, very vital. We have to understand that. We have to take urgent action on this. The other thing that the Repa emphasized non-stop from 1980, from Tav Shemem Ha, Tav Shemem Aleph, was that for us to have the ge'ula, every single human being has to be on board. Why? Because the ge'ula is about every single human being. The reason that we are gifted with Eretz HaKodesh and we're gifted with the Beis Amiklis is because we are the stewards for the entire world of the message of Ein Eib. This is our responsibility. The Rebbe said that we have to teach Shari Muna that I just was addressing earlier. We have to teach that to the non-Jews because that's why the Alt Rebbe wrote it. And I'll take it a step further to tie together having children and what the Rebbe is saying. We all know there's a famous story of the Alt Rebbe that he left on Yom Kippur in the middle of Dabani to go and chop wood for a woman who had just given birth and needed food and heat and the Tav Shemem's the Rebbe said, I'm revealing to you the real reason for the story. The real reason for this story is for you to know that you have to go to your neighbors, your non-Jewish neighbors, and care about them enough to teach them that there's a God in the world. Because you know, because you are a to learn tiny, that you are here for a reason. You have no, you're totally validated, and you have a reason for your existence, because you're being brought into existence at every moment. But the people walking in the street, you can see from the way they dress and the way they conduct themselves and the way they cross the street in the middle in front of cars that they don't have that message. No one else is teaching it to them. So the Rebbe says that our job is to expand this message in the entire world. That is what Mashiach is going to do. If you look carefully at the Rambam, he says there's no change between now and when Mashiach comes other than Sheba Malchis. The dominance of the non-Jewish nations. The dominance of the non-Jewish nations is in our head. It's only because we bought into the lie of Gullis to believe that somehow all these forces are forces. But they are the Rebbe says they're all waiting for us to show them what we just talked about here. So the practical application of that is for you, each one of you, to take upon yourself a hachlata. And I know there's other hachlata that I wasn't given the sheet to announce the program, but I, hopefully it's going to be announced, uh, the copy, okay. So the importance of each one of you taking up this, not something you could delegate. up, says you can't delegate this to anybody else. And he said that you cannot, you do not, you can't delegate to anyone else. And you do not need anyone's permission to do this. Your job as a as a child of Abra Mitzak and Yaakov and Sarah Rifkaval Leah is to matharsan in the entire world. And that starts right here in the Dalad Amas of Khansi Vasashama Abraham. So the page I was handed says, as women in nashim Tukanias, we are the ones who will bring the Shiaf. It's exactly right. We just talked about two of the major things that have to be taken on and increased in. So women who will take on a hachlata by the end of the event will be getting entered into a raffle to win a dollar of the event. So you don't actually have to pay an admission fee, I guess, for that. That's very nice. I was wondering how much it was supposed to cost to the raffle, but I see the cost is making a hachlata to do something that you're divinely endowed with to do anyways. What's the, ta- the Hachlatah? To open a summer she'er that will be at least five times or join an existing she'er class five times a summer. Or go on the five times a summer and text your Hachlatah to 347-278-4284 to enter the raffle of a dollar of the Rebbe. So that's the that's the Hachlatah. So the Rebbe says that in Parsha's Pinchas, that the young generation has to act like Pinchas. We can't look and see what the older generation is doing. Their silence on any one of these things in the face of what we're facing today is not relevant to our generation. And I see so many young people here. The young generation, that Rebbe says, has the responsibility to take on this with complete youthful vigor, to set clearly in the world what the message of the Eberishter is. And Amir Tashem, we should be zeicha to accomplish this and to take this to heart. And I want to just share with you one last thing on a personal note, that everything that I'm sharing with you tonight, or most about it, the shaykh al I only learned, even though I learned shaykh al for decades, I only learned this by teaching non-Jew shariah al Because when I had sat down with them and I had to explain to them the, the concepts of shaykh al and I realized that the Alta was explaining the simplest concepts for the simplest people with no background whatsoever, I occurred to me it has to be so simple that even I can understand it. And this is the gift that you get when you follow the Rebbe's instructions. Life will no longer be complex. Life is very simple. There will be no more darkness. The darkness is not where the answers are. The answers are in following the Rebbe's example, that he wants us to act like him and like the Frida And I have a website, Smith.org, if you're interested in... Um, we, we have classes for non jews and for yiddin also to learn how to be the Rebbe shliach to take this message to the entire world. And we should be Zepha to as, as the Rebbitzin begs the Rebbe that her father's Messir's nefesh cannot go to waste. And on that basis she was able to convince him that he should become our Rebbe. So the Rebbe and the Sin and all the Rebbeim are begging us not to let their messiahs go to waste and that we should step up to the plate, to each one of us be the the Rebbe's Shriach, Shriach adam Kumeistah, we are meant to be each one the Rebbe in our Dalad Amas in every place that our voice reaches, to represent what the Rebbe has to say and what the Rebbe is saying right now, in real time, to every single human being and that my friends is the Gula, when we step up to the plate, when you step up to the plate, that is what Mashiach looks like. The entire world is ready. The Rebbe said the entire world is demanding from us to speak in this way to the entire world, to let them know what the Torah has said from the beginning of time. And the entire world will recognize that, we'll have a basic, a house of prayer, which will be a house of prayer for the entire nation, the entire world, and we will be zeiched to have all the Yidim, the kids run on the they offer for the, the uh, Menachem Mendel, and we'll be together with all the rebbeying in Yerushalayim, in, in Haravayas in the base of Mikdash, with the same tranquility in a permanent way that we're able to accomplish right now and bring to every single human being, that there's not even a pin in the dach, as the Rebbe says in Atatitzahba. There's not even one person in the Bronx who is not living exactly with the same tranquility as the Friedrich Rebbe. That's what Mashiach looks like, and a mitzvashem, we will accomplish that now. Thank you. Thank you, Robert,